Hello, this is Teresa J. Thurmond Morris, and we're back. Hello world, this is T.J. Morris, and you're listening to E.T. Radio. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly out there. Yes, it's almost over. When the tough get going, the goings get tough. <laughs> Oh, what's everybody doing? It's been a rough day today on the planet. Boy, the news really, really was depressing. What's going on out there? We're going to talk today about the UFO Secret Space Command topics, levels, timelines, and metaphysics. Hey, I'm going to be speaking American English, as that is what I learned when I came to this planet. Now, there's many ways to talk to humanoids, sentient, intelligent being species, and I've done my best to learn how to be. There's a lot of things going on in the alien ET UFO community, and we are going to help with alienology, ufology, and cosmology, because we like it. Now, Thursdays, we're going to begin opening dialogue, but some of the people that we're going to be forming in the future are some of the old guys, <laughs> and some of them are new guys, and some of them are somewhere in between. Our listening audience can be anywhere from 13 to 133, and uh, Ken Johnston says he's going to live to be at least 189, so we may work out some kinks. Now, I've invited Janet Carroll Lesson, who helped me start this show on her behalf because we were promoting Stargate to the cosmos. Now we have a Stargate uh, portal and Stargate Con, and she's online. Yes, I see you, Janet. Let me get you on here. <laughs> she's like, do you see me? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm sorry. Well, I was I, calling I you. My alarm was trying to wake me, but I was just... You're like in another world, right? Literally. Uh, Uh, Ken Johnston panel on UFO Secret Space Radio Show tonight. Forward message. Let's see. Yeah, he's just giving me a message. All I need to know is what time it will be there and and confirm that it's tonight. (laughs) Can you do me a favor and give him a quick call? All right, I'll keep talking I'll while you give him a no, call. You have to call. You have to call him from the back end of the show. Do you need his number? Uh, he, I called look. him while I was out and about, and he said he'll be ready. And he said to call. Oh, him. he wants me to. I don't have the thing. Let's see. Where I'm at, I don't have that uh, call. Guess. Let me let me uh, text you his number. You just have to tell him to call in on his cell phone. Hold on, folks. You know oh, Ken okay. Johnston. Is a good friend of ours. Yeah, Janet okay. And I, uh, I'll tell him to call in on his cell phone. Oh, thank you. I don't have the phone earlier. Okay. Oh. I'll well, do that. At once I start, it shows it until I build it. Then I'm inside the the mainframe, and I have the algorithms to speak on the outside. Okay. But I can't get him. Go on ahead the and talk to the real outside. For, uh, Okay, go ahead and talk and to the for a well. minute while I could All right, put me on mute. Put me on mute. I'm mute. Oh, you can three-way, you can three-way call him. 
Uh, let me try that. Let me try that. Let's see. Here we go. But I don't know if you talk, you'll talk over each other. Call him on these other phones. Folks, sorry for the inconvenience. You remember Janet and I? Okay. To off, I'm going to put you on mute. Extraterrestrials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on mute for just a minute. You keep talking to our people. Okay. I know how you, you right. know how to cover so we don't have dead air time. Just ho- I'll All be right. right back. All right. Thank you. Enchant Hannah, who is one of our ad- admins, uh, she may pop over for a while uh, if you can see this, everybody. Uh, we have a dilemma we, inside our community after so many years. Uh, those of us that couldn't be in it because we had real jobs uh, have come to like each other in some instances, but we didn't know that each other was, while we we're in uniform or out of uniform, a civilian, we say, versus military, there's that level. And then there's people like good old Richard Dolan, who was a used to make uh, people's. I used to go to people like Richard when they'd make you a profile and a biography outside of Fort Hood, Texas. But he was up in New York, Rochester, New York, and then uh, he got to be a historian. And you know, we're gonna we've had him on here a couple of times or so way back in the day for. I think he was with somebody prior to, we will say, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. You've never met me, but I know you. So (laughs) I love Richard, and uh, Tracy just looks like the best thing that ever happened to him. Uh, No disrespect to Karen, of course, who is one of our friends here on TG Marcy T Radio. I hope everything's going fine and everything's working out well for everybody with the kids. But we all have gone through that, me especially. So a glass house should not throw stones. <laughs> oh, spacecraft, let's get with it, okay? Humans, who are you really? This is something that when you have a soul and a spirit, and a lot of us are going to talk on various levels, and this is important. So thank you, everybody, for joining me back again on Thursday night. Let me put in a, a welcome to everybody that follows that we have AlienHunters.org with Daryl W. Sims, who, by the way, in Houston, Texas, coming up in January, uh, we're having a nice conference. Yay. So we're going to be dealing with uh, Daryl Sims and Alienology, and uh, this is going to be, if you go to AlienHunters.org, you will see uh, one of the conferences, and it's dealing with the Indians and uh, I'm trying to get Rick Doty on here, but Rick's busy all the time, but he's agreed to do a show with us, so hurry up, Rick Doty. CJ, out in the did you desert. hear us? I hear you. Yeah, sure. Okay, just I didn't know if you heard. Uh, so Ken will be calling, so look for him. Okay, I will. Right now. I'm watching yeah, yeah, board as we speak. Okay, well, okay, as soon cool. as I see him. Now, uh, how we so deal with mental health in the world. What were you talking about while I was gone? I didn't get very far. I was just talking about alienology (laughs) and Daryl Sims in Houston and how in January uh, we're having a conference. But it's going to be a one-day thing just to start, folks, because this is – he's doing so many conferences and running around the world helping with uh, alienology, being that he is the original alien hunter. But uh, we'll have to pull that up, and I posted it 
on uh, Alien Hunters. Janet, can you get to alienhunters.org on your computer? I'll go take a look at it. And then when Ken gets here, we'll get uh, we're going to start how Ken and I and Janet started something a year ago, and I guess it's going to be our next project because he helped complete. He and Janet completed the Stargate to the Cosmos conference, so now we'll, we're going to connect it with probably Stargate Con and Stargate Portal and all that. But in the meantime, we got Alien Hunters Org to produce and promote with uh, all our wonderful alien hunters out there. So. We're going to talk tonight about alienology, cosmology, ufology. Uh, Sky Dancer UFO Con is, uh, I found it, site, Sky Dancer. Janet, if you can look up Sky Dancer UFO Con, but alienhunters.org. That's really interesting they're using Sky Dancer. Really? They, are, they have Sky Dancing Tantra, Sky Dancing. Oh, that is they interesting. They have Sky Dancing Dancer, Sky Dancer UFO, they're saying? Sky, Sky Dancer, Dancer UFO Con. UFO anyway, it's on Alien Con. Hunters. It's on the top in the web. For years, it was Sky Click Dancing it. Tantra. Interesting. Well, we will look for that. And I've got I the chat room it. open. I don't see it on UFO. Top Alien right, Hunters. Alien Hunters. Hunters not Hunter. Hunters with an S. Alien oh, Hunters. Oh, I got AlienHunter.org and it comes up with the, the Alien Hunter. It does. So you're saying plural. It's a different Alien type. Hunters. Yeah, okay. Because he, he also has Alien Hunter. That's his. Hold well. on. Yes. This is on Mars. Ken Johnston made it. How are you, Ken? Hey, Ken. Well, I hope I'm getting hooked up right. You're here. You got hooked up right. You check your air hose. We 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 want to make sure you're hooked up right, Ken. Your life support system. <laughs> hey, I I can fly flying saucers, jet engines, and everything else, but you know what? We didn't have these cell phones back in my day. Oh, okay. Hey, you're learning. right. I'm, my I'm kids learning. have is to it? teach me. <laughs> this is my. I'm uh, still learning. My my secret space program is learning how to use all of this stuff. Mine too, believe me. It's harder down here, folks. You know, we we go up and tell the computer at the microwave, you know, we, computer, I'd like a cup of coffee, strong, Earl Grey tea, all that. But it doesn't happen, so we have to put it in ourselves in time. It's really a rough, it's sort of a bummer down yeah. here, but we're doing our best. Ken, well, well, introduce yourself. Day. Introduce well, yourself. Not, we're going to talk about a Houston uh, conference, but Janet's going to later look it up. She knows how to introduce a conference. But first, you introduce yourself, if you don't mind. Well, I've been called I've been called a lot of things by a lot of different people. But uh, those people that know me, my name is Ken Johnston, Doctor Ken Johnston, or Ken Johnston Senior. Be sure you put the senior after, because my my son gets a little upset when everybody calls him at his place with Microsoft. But um, I was with NASA for 14 years back during 1966 through, well, wherever 14 years goes. Anyway, um, I was one of the first four civilian astronauts and became the consultant pilots on the lunar module because Grumman that I worked for for NASA uh, built the lunar module, and our job was to test it in the vacuum chambers, be sure everything worked good, and then help train the regular NASA astronauts how to uh, take it to the moon and land. Now in my older days, I've discovered that maybe we had already been on the moon 
Bio Secret Space Program, and that's what I'm getting educated on now. And I expect to learn more than I prevail, more than I uh, present to the people tonight. The people that have been involved with the Secret Space Program, maybe you can help educate me. Who are you studying? Ken, who are you studying that with? Who are you, you said you're learning about it. Where are you studying? What, what uh, track are you? How are you learning more about the Secret Space Program aspect? Well, your. Um, Thank you for talking been, about I've us, been, Janet. <laughs> I've, been, I've been connected with, with Corey Good and with um, uh, Brett Shepard and, and uh, Janet Lesson and yeah. T.J. Morris. Uh, we could go on okay. all night. Go there are on a lot of lot Okay. Okay. Well, Have you talked yeah, to Chant Hannah lately? With the uh, UFO yes, Secret Space Group? I yep. have been chatting with Chat today, as a matter of fact. Really? Is she coming on? Uh, well, that I can't answer. I don't know. I can't I either. I emailed her and you, so I'm glad y'all talked today. Uh, with Janet and I, I called you three or four times, but I'm glad that uh, I finally saw your email pop up. Better late than never, but that's great. Chant Hannah uh, is one of our big promoter uh, administrators for our UFO space group, uh, if you'd like to join just go to Facebook and put in UFO Secret Space, and it should bring up our group here with TJ Mars ET Radio and myself promoting TJ Mars ET and all my friends. Now, Ken, uh, there's some – I've got up here UFO Secret Space Command topics, levels, timelines, and metaphysics. And, folks, we're going to get into the 3D boots-on-the-ground structure, but uh, after some of the ways of various people, Corey and Dar- uh David Wilcock and Emory Smith. Uh, Janet, do you have your phone right up? Let me see if that's you. Yep, it's her. Okay, hold on, Janet. We can hear everything you're doing with paper or whatever. You've got the best okay, equipment in the okay. world. Uh, Janet's just one. It. <laughs> it is, and I can hear it. I I, I've been listening to you. Yeah, it's probably because you don't know. Headphones. But it's not okay. your head you listening. Not it's your. <laughs> yeah, I just muted, uh, but it's easy with this equipment. But Janet has yeah. has got the best. But when she puts on her headphones, she doesn't realize when she's moving her hands, it's going into. And I I hear that because I watch her on TV. Uh, well, I, I listen to her on TV, and I've heard yours recently in December with Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson because Janet also. Not only did she produce Stargate to the Cosmos, but she and her husband have been producing uh, radio shows for years and years since we started in 2012, as have I. And we're really happy to have Ken Johnston, author. We're all three authors. So tonight I'm promoting UFO Secret Space Command, but group. And we're going to keep it separate. I mean, I do I do try to keep up on everything, and I've been listening to all the scuttlebutt, among other radio show hosts, but also about a letter and a cease and desist order on using SSP. And, Janet, uh, you know what? We've been using Secret Space Command long before 2011, as far as I know. But, you know, people, it doesn't matter because we can be the way that America wants us to be with uh, trademarking and copywriting and protecting patents and all of that. But, you know, with since we've got on the Internet, I work with a lot of attorneys, a lot of attorneys. And, uh, you know, they would like you to keep doing and fighting and not doing it the way you should so you can uh, – 
get them to work for you, give them more money, to be quite honest. But, you know, this is what we're talking about lately is uh, how we're going to play together. So that's why I invited Janet and, and Ken because they've both uh, been out there. Now, uh, I, I would like you to know I've got a story to tell. Janet does. And Ken Johnston does, astronaut Ken Johnston, Dr. Ken Johnston of metaphysics. And I think we're going to blend really well together for the future uh, radio shows, conferences, courses, events, webinars. So uh, we'd like you to remember our names and listen for us. But uh, I have only done Mid-South Con in 2016, so you may not be quite aware of us as much as Richard Dolan, who's really been out there, and he'll be going to the Alien Con. So kudos for him and uh, Jimmy Church as well. But Ken, uh, you want to tell us how many – you've been to at least three conferences, but you've been like an A-lister billing. With uh, Tell us which ones because, Janet, you too. But we're going we're gonna to start off here for American Communication Online, okay? And we're going to have topic panel discussions tonight, and Chant may show up. I may have Janet check on that. But Janet's been instrumental in being an administrator for years, and orchestrating this for people's uh, people and knowing experiencers. So Ken, back to you. How uh, when I, I met you a year ago at the Mars Anomaly Conference when right. I, they so so you spoke about your life and your books, but uh, before that or after that, I guess it would be after that since 2017. Didn't you meet Janet again at another con, uh, at the UFO con? Uh, you know, I did a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, um, I met them at Contact in the Desert uh, in 2014, I believe. Um, you, I, I've actually been on 14 different programs ever since. Oh, geez, we're going back almost 10 years. I was at the National Press Conference and put the word out around the world back. <laughs> I didn't uh, know you were there, Ken. You never told oh, me. Yeah. Did you? Well, you've not read. You've not read. You've not read my um, uh, autobiography, have you? I guess okay. I haven't seen one. You did. You send me a. I asked you to send me a new one. Me and I'm sorry, Janet. I'm sorry, but I'll get all that. We're going to do this after this show. I didn't know for sure who was going to show up, so I got plenty of time to get all the updated, updated bio and pictures. I'm working on it. So if you didn't send it to okay. me, I guess I didn't read it good. All right, fill us in because this is to just get this tonight's folks is just to get back acquainted with Janet and myself and of course Ken Johnson. So Ken, all right, take well, us back in time and then you know you, some people may or may not know the skinny of your life and we'll be able to put up pages about it in books but let's go back how many conferences so contact in the desert in 2014 that's the first time you met janet carolesson yes i've been um on contact in the desert way back when it was in the desert with uh, richard c hoagland back in whatever years decades it was back there in reality um i guess the people might want to know that i i started off with working as NASA with Grumman back in 1960, 1966, and then became one of the four civilian astronauts and then helped do the testing, the vacuum chambers, and training the astronauts how to fly it. And then um, um, I went to work. Once we landed on the moon, Grumman laid off 30,000 of us, and I went over to the Lunar Receiving Laboratory and became the director of the data and photo control department, which meant 
that I had direct access of all the the pictures, the film, and all the data that was being sent back by the astronauts as well as what they brought back and, and the samples as well. So once uh, they were supposed to go all the way through at Apollo 20, and we stopped at Apollo uh, 17, and that's whenever uh, the Lunar Receiving Laboratory started laying some of us off there. I went over to the ILC Corporation that builds, builds the uh, Apollo space suits and was one of the test engineers on that project and went to work on the Skylab. And after uh, we got the Skylab going good, uh, I actually, uh, after we reached the point of about, um, uh, what would that be, see, 95, 1980, about 1980, I decided it was time to get out of all of the, getting, you got laid off about every four years because that's when contractors, uh, contracts would end and you'd have to start over with a new one. So I went to work up in Denver, Colorado with Martin Marietta Corporation on uh, the Peacekeeper. By the way, you know how you keep peace in the world? You have a good idea about that. If you got the biggest bombs, I didn't bomb know the that could happen. Yeah, no, if you have the, the biggest, biggest bombs and the biggest rockets, that probably uh, is the way you you supposedly control world. At any rate, so after we had the Apollo, uh, not one, what Apollo? Excuse me, uh, space shuttle disaster uh, that blew up on launch. Then uh, I went to work for uh, the the uh, yeah the Boeing company in Seattle, Washington, and became a, a flight instructor for the uh, Boeing 737s, and I put 14 years in there, and they offered us an early retirement because of the way the company was going back there. So in the meantime, I wound up uh, listening to the radio and the programs, and I was listening to, we had a group at Boeing, we called ourselves the Majestic 12, of course, there were 12 of us, we would send messages in, in the inner office mail envelopes, we didn't have cell phones and be able to send things back and forth like that. So we would keep track. And one of the guys contacted me. He says, hey, Ken, um, Richard C. Hogan, which we all listened to it, is going to be uh, giving a program in Seattle at the, the big tower. And uh, he says, why don't you go? So I, I put together a little story and, and uh, told uh, Richard Hogan them that uh, that um, I had my own records and uh, had set up been keeping all the film and pictures and records that I'd kept on myself. And I showed up, went in the front door, and there was a lady sitting there. I'm getting ready to buy my ticket. And I said, oh, would you give Mr. Hoagland this letter of introduction? She looks at it, and, I, and I, honestly, I swear, it looked like she, her hand starts. She says, you're who we've been looking for. And I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. So Mr. Hoagland came out, and he, he spoke to me about for two minutes. He says, get down on the front row. We're going to get together in this. So but that evening, uh, we talked, and they he made arrangements for six of his team to come over to my house. And then I had a big double-door vault that I'd kept all this stuff in for safety, and I had opened it up. And we, they started going through looking at things. And they, they were just going wild because they'd been looking, seeing uh, generation after generation after generation copies of a lot of the pictures and things that, that showed things on the moon and the backside of the moon. And here they were looking at the originals, and these guys just went absolutely desert. In fact, my wife was looking one of the pictures of one of the astronauts' visor, and there was a perfect picture of one of the spacecrafts hovering up above uh, the uh, astronauts that were this, sitting there on the moon. So that kind of gets you up to ni- 1995. Richard, no, excuse me, 1985? Richard Hogan says, we've got to get you in front of the national press and get you public, or else you can have an accident, car accident, or get bumped off. 
And unfortunately, we have had a, we've had a lot of people who have died for one reason or another that were supposed to be coming forward with information. So that has been the way it's worked out very good for me. And uh, like I say, I went to a lot of conferences back in those days and as local and as well as on the very first contact in the desert, one that they had out. And I can't remember the name of the little place out in the desert, but that's where it got its name. And, well, when uh, were you in uh, New York? Because my uh, husband worked directly for NASA, but uh, his father worked for Grumman with you in Houston. And from Houston, he went to Long Island, New York. Grumman was out there. I went out there. and I went out there in 68. So he must have transferred out of NASA before you did. With Grumman, no. but you did go to New no. York because you worked with Grumman. Yeah. Guess what? You were there in 1968. What? I got out of there uh-huh. in 1966. 1967, I went to Bethpage, Long Island, with Grumman, where I was one of the uh, uh, um, test conductors of the uh, lunar modules that were going through the assembly line, and I was there for like three months, and working 14 and 16 hours a day to try to meet uh, John F. Kennedy's uh, request that we go to the moon and return. You know, before the decade was out, and that's so. I was there in uh, Beth 60, Page, Long Island. Yeah, Beth Page, Long Island. Working for Grumman. We've crossed paths too many times. This is this is <laughs> nuts, folks. But it's a small planet. It's a, not everybody gets to work around <laughs> this type of work, and so it's very pleasing to. I, I wanted to ask you that for sure because. Uh, it was a fun time, but I didn't understand the transfer from NASA. But I, maybe he didn't have a choice, or maybe he saw the writing on the on the wall. I don't know, but he did get go up to there. And uh, okay, well that's good. So we've got that established. But I've I never ran across you that I could remember, other than you did go to 2001 Space Odyssey at the Windsor Theater, right? When I did with uh, we were only special people got to come for the. With the astronauts and the wives, yep. the showing of 2001 the Space Odyssey. Absolutely. And you went to that, right too, on, didn't you? I was up on the first, second, or third row, right in the very front. You bet. Wow. Was I wasn't up extreme. that close. I was back maybe what? 14. I was probably on row 14. <laughs> I was in the middle, but I wasn't up totally. You were, you were up there with the big shots. <laughs> oh, I was a little, a little shot with big shot. How's that? Well, this is pretty cool. Well, Janet, you know, I think that there was a reason that you and Karen wanted us all to get together. And that's why I was trying to get him to tell us when he met you. Uh Uh-huh. Did you unmute me? Am I unmuted now? You are unmuted. You were never never muted. Oh, I thought I heard (laughs) you mute me. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Um, Okay, I've been listening. Um, That was very interesting. I have. I got a call from somebody that wants to call into the show. Are we taking calls tonight? Uh, well, is it Chant Hannah or somebody that knows that we're doing this show? Yeah, it's somebody else that is uh, in the secret space program. They just called me while you were talking to Ken. And- uh, well, no, tonight, calls. maybe at the last hour, but we'll, I've got to get the, uh, I want to get the topics separated before we start taking this on as a bona fide uh, we show every every two hours, or taking on new people, because right now i got to get you handled. 
yeah, we're not. I don't have you two qualified yet <laughs> tonight. <laughs> this, uh, I made I made you you and Ken room, and I was going to have Chant because she was working with Jan Harzen, who is the uh, the present. Uh, you know, he was former IBM Ken, right? Well, I'll, Jan I'll, I'll just text the guy the phone number, and you can. I'll tell her, tell him you're yeah, going to do Yeah, tell, tell him in the last 30 hour. minutes, maybe. But I, I don't know that I want to introduce new people because I've got to screen them first. And uh, I've got to know their story, folks. Oh, he wants to ask a question or something. Anyway, okay. okay, so what, what well, are we, we can do at the last what's hour. What's the focus today? What's the focus? So basically, I want to get alienology and ufology, the chronology, and uh, tops, our topics, levels, timelines, and metaphysics, because there's a lot of the uh, – we threw the looking glass on the floor, and we broke it up before we came here, and we've given people the different piece. It's sort of like Thoth did, you know, and – yeah, you know, they threw mm-hmm. pieces. They used to throw pieces of everybody all over the universe, you know. So what's going on, folks, is I'm separating ace folk life from reality, meaning if it's not folk life, what is it? And Dr. Lesson, being an anthropologist, we we were at University of Kentucky. Anthropology, they have um, – well, they have folk life, folklore, folk life. And so what I was learning in academia is we have to separate – it's like fact from fiction, but really everything is energy and everything comes from somewhere. And every story that we could say has probably already been said over and over and over again. So we can get as deep. What I say is as far down the rabbit hole or as far or down the rabbit hole or up the food chain. How's that? So I've said that before. Mm-hmm. But Ken, Jean, uh, uh, Ken Johnston has a piece in between on this chronological timeline, and he understands the mandala effect, and so does Janet. So I want to get us on this UFO secret space. There's this thing going on between uh, Corey Good and and copywriting SSP, our secret space, and I haven't seen the letter, but I heard about it on the Richard Dolan Members.com uh, YouTube. And also... They're wanting to, you know, do the same thing we're doing. There's not nothing different than uh, we're all looking at the old guys, which Ken and I and Janet are. We were working for the government long. (laughs) Well, you could be a young soul, but I think you're a very old soul. But with with us, the three of us, we've been carrying part of the message. Now, what we need to do is put ours together and then see how other people's fit with ours, if you guys out there don't mind with this UFO Secret Space Command, because we actually have the UFO Secret Space Group, and I would like to uh, say that none of us are going to say, well, we're all ambassadors for the universe, because each one of us is, but a lot of people don't like that grandstanding. So, I thought, Ken, you're the perfect 3D person to say, look, you know, this stuff was real. I know who I am. I worked at NASA, and here's the years. And then I can help in those same years. And then Janet partially has her star, John Snaytel, out in Hawaii. But we're going to put us together for a reason. I have There is a, a reason for this. And then we can bring in other people's stories because a lot of people out there are getting really, really interested but also really, really confused. 
So we're going to make it as real for you as possible. And there was a lot of investigators before us. And 10, you mentioned Majestic 12. Now, I had that manual on my uh, in my possession, let me put it that way. And what's so funny is it had the red ink and the black ink, and I've seen Linda Moulton Howell with that. Did you see the Majestic 12 paper or manual? No, I did not I, see the manual. There were the, the group of us there at Boeing did uh, – uh, some of them were on secret projects, and they had just enough to make it a fun thing to call ourselves the Majestic 12. Um, okay, gotcha. I've learned a lot since then. Okay. Well, see, this is the thing that happens, and that's okay. And, Janet, you want to explain a little bit about the Mandela effect? Because Janet has been with me for so many years, folks. If you don't know who she is, she is the producer of the Stargate to the Cosmos event that got us started here uh, in 2012, if you guys remember, it was a very important year, and we thought it was going to be a different wave uh, of level of, of existence and mentality, one might say, in 12-21-12. But Janet, the Mandela Effect came about from the uh, Dragon Con, I believe, out in Atlanta, but in 2011, it moved forward about them talking about it, and a guy came up named Shadow and mentioned it to the uh, woman. And Anyway, it took off from the Mandela Effect because a lot of people thought the same thing about Nelson Mandela, that he was uh, he had died in prison, and he was still alive. So uh, this is what Janet and me and Ken are about. So Janet, explain, can you sort of say, you know, how each person has their own timeline and the Mandela effect, can you, and, and Ken can chime in on that too. Well, um, apparently there's many timelines that converge and, and, and uh, move across one another. So you can experience something, and actually shift timelines, and then you experience the same thing differently. Uh, so some of the examples are uh, that uh, Nelson Mandela, and a lot of people remember he died in, I don't know what year it was, 68, and the big funeral. Uh, and then other people remember he died in whatever that the real year was. So they called the Mandela, not Mandala. Mandela is a, a beautiful thing that you draw in the sand. <laughs> you know, bunch of, Nelson Mandela, Mandela versus Mandela. Nelson Mandela. And I've been corrected on that one. Um, from my perspective, when I was uh, four, I was taken on board the mothership as, and then when I was on and I was a, my eternal self, and I was shown 24 multiverses, variables on the theme, uh, directions that one could go. And it's like driving down a superhighway, and you have all these lanes. And if you want to shift lanes, you, you know, move over and you take the exit. <laughs> you know, you go into another timeline. So we're dealing with a lot of different timelines, a lot of different variables on the same thing. So there's a, a timeline where you know Hitler um, didn't go to South America and he stayed ruling, and you know, so and they made a TV series about that called The High uh, Sun. Uh, on Amazon. What's it called? The High something? Anyway, they have this alternative Nazi universe, and, and they, they made it a weekly series, and it's been on for a couple of years. Um, anyway, that's basically what it is. It, there's, all these, there's all these variables on the theme, and actually Robert Heinlein, his final book was on that. Um, what was it called? The Mark of the Beast. So in the final book, <laughs> Heinlein was traveling through time and space in a spaceship, and he would encounter the people from the Wizard of Oz and all, all the books that were written 
you know, we thought they were all fiction, but he was actually encountering all these characters. So, um, so it, it, there's there's a lot of people that touched on this concept, even without you know having the awareness of Nelson Mandela's phenomenon. So what happens is uh, sometimes we get together and we share a story, and people have different variations of the same story, <laughs> and we go, well, wait a minute, this is how it happened, that's how it happened. And some people say, well, maybe that's just memory, your guys are remembering things different. Well, there's a, so that's part of it, actually. Um, there's as many universes as there are people. You know, we all remember things slightly different. We have a different perspective. We were standing in the room, we were doing things differently. So you have that effect, and you have the Mandela effect as well. So that's what we were doing. I hear all this background noise. Are you, Is that better? Are well, you I'm, there? I'm making some of the noise. Yeah. I, I apologize for that. I had to go in the other room with my finger over the speaker here and ask my wife to turn the TV down. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, okay. I was hearing that, and then I heard somebody cough, and then it sounded like somebody closed their microwave. My husband always does that. He opens his microwave and heats his tea, his oh. coffee up, and he doesn't realize that people can hear him. <laughs> Then so, maybe it wasn't dreaming. <laughs> yeah. So is that what you're asking about? Uh, yeah. That, that's, is it yes. bearable on the timelines? And so um, and I'm learning about that still because I experience it and then get blown away by it. And um, so I'm, letting, I'm learning to let go, you know, instead of getting wrapped up. A lot of people get wrapped up in the details and they get all screwed up. Because they start arguing the semantics, so to speak. They start arguing the details of a timeline. But what's really going on is that, you know, we're, we're just in this here and now, and we're in this consensus reality, those who gather together in a room. And that kind of exists for as long as we manufacture it together. And when we walk away, something else takes its place. So we're the ones that are all creating reality. So... With that in mind, you should be careful what you think. Thoughts are deeds. We are manifesting them. We are in a different space and time where uh, we're manifesting a lot faster than ever before. That's the main reason that the extraterrestrial loves humans is that we can bring the, the uh, non-material down into physicality. We can, we can bring heaven to earth. We can manifest things. We're creative. Uh, a lot of uh, the species are in a very narrow perspective and they can't you know, imagine much or create much anymore, but we're very creative. We're still creative, and let's hope that never changes because that's one of our biggest assets to um, how we contribute to the universe. Does that make sense? It does to me. <laughs> okay. I don't know where TJ is. Have TJ, lost, are you there? Have we lost TJ? Have we lost TJ? If we did, she'll come I back on. I, I can pick up with that if you like. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Janet. Ahead, since, yes. since more of this information is starting to be made public, some of us can start taking a look back at our lives and and how we wound up where we are and the experiences we've had. And in my particular case, my uh, my dad uh, uh, was killed two months after I was born in 1942 as a pilot during um, World War II, and then uh, my mother married a, a Marine captain. And uh, he he was killed once he back, got back to the States due to circumstances. So I'm thinking that's kind of set um, the timeline in taking a look at the, the offspring. And my, my brother, Dr. A.R. Johnston, who wound up 
working in the design and development of the big vacuum chambers and things with NASA. Um, our brother in between us, he, he wound up being killed on a school hayride, so that just left the older and the younger, myself. And um, my, I've been going back looking over my life and history and finding that there are gaps of time that I wonder really what took place in them because, uh, for instance, like uh, the, my, my mother and them were looking for me for like six hours or so, and they found me. Uh, this was when I was like seven years old, inside the, the dirty clothes hamper underneath all the clothes that are inside the dirty clothes hamper. Now, did I stay in there for like six or seven hours? And I'm further on down the line, there are other cases where the timelines... Wait, wait, the thing wait, wait. What happened? Did you ever find out... Were you taken and returned underneath the dirty clothes? Um, did you? <laughs> I'm getting to what that. Happened? Give me time. Okay, that's okay. what I'm going to tell you. I thought you were just going to leave us with that one hanging. I wasn't going to let that one go. Okay, so oh, no, continue I'm, your I'm, story. <laughs> see, all of this stuff is now coming out, and thanks to Dr. Sasha Lesson, getting into the hypnotic regression and getting into uh, some of the area of my, my memories and things had been wiped somewhat clean, but you know, with the right technique and abilities of people like Sasha, um, we can get into that. And that's what we're starting to discover is that some of these things put me in the right place, at, and I like to use it this way, the right place at the right time to do the right thing. And that was, um, who was that? Oh, uh, uh, who was that? The astronaut, uh, the very first one we put into oh, into a space, um, Alan B. Shepard. I think he was one uh-huh. said that. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> that, I've been going back and, and kind of looking over the yearbooks and records and things I've had and files. I'm a pack rat, and thank God I am a pack rat, because otherwise we wouldn't have had the, <laughs> the, um, the archive that I've, I saved from NASA as well as able to go back and look at these things that took place in my life and look for the places where all of a sudden there's this gap in time. And um, that's been within the last year and a half, two years, folks, that I'm now coming to grips right. with the facts that I have been tapped and pulled in by extraterrestrials and been set in motion to be at a certain place for certain events. And that's that's kind of what I wrote my uh, second book, which is The Regression of NASA Whistleblower. My wife was terrified that I was going to come forward <laughs> with the information that came out because of credibility. Now, with everything mm-hmm. else that's happened, then I've had documents, records, and things. For instance, like a certificate over 3,000 hours as a spacecraft pilot in the vacuum chambers and all that. That's credibility. But when you start talking yes. about things that, that the average person, they're going to oh poo-poo in. You know, they they can't accept it unless they themselves have been experienced or have come in contact with people who they can trust. So now I'm at the point of coming forward with the information that Dr. Lesson has been digging out and that has been triggered thoughts um, of missing time and still trying to maintain the credibility. Uh, as I said, there's two books out already, and the third one is, is dealing with more of the uh, the regression and actually the events and things that I took place on before we got to the moon and before we've gotten on, on Mars. And those you know, that's the hardest thing, I think, for probably you, for you, uh, Janet, and and TJ, and that is to be able to realize that a lot of all of this stuff has to be real, or it, you know we wouldn't have the kind of um, memories and contact, connections. And that's the other thing. I'm running into people like Corey Good and um, uh, Andrew Bashago and things. That's uh, according to the records, I ran into them on Mars. Now, 
wow, that is something hard for me to kind of come to grips with and be willing to accept the fact that I've been a part of the secret space program and didn't even know it. So that kind of brings you up to where I'm at. Well, I hear a lot of that same thing is that what really has been going on. So it seems like we're triggering each other and helping us to wake up and activate and realize what's really going on. So I'm interviewing, I have about 25 people I've been interviewing that are in the secret space program and I bring them together on the same show. And sometimes they're just going, Oh my God. And I, and, and, and as somebody says something, the other person gets activated and they remember something. So it's really a phenomenal experience. It's like um, the, um, uh, this is a good example, I think, uh, Janet, and that is since I was the director of the data and photo control department at the Lunar Receiving Laboratory, and I was, I was told to throw away all but one set of all the pictures mm-hmm. and films and documents that I had, and I, I kind of protested a lot. Um, uh, the guy that my director, uh, ILC right. company there, uh, had me, told me I had to do it. And I said, well, well, you know, why don't we donate them to some of the university places that, that we've been working with? And he said, no, no, get rid of all but one. So, and he said, I, finally, I bugged him down. And he finally said, I don't care what you do, just get rid of all but one set. And I said, okay. So I put one set <laughs> in the big filing cabinets. The other set I put into a duffel bag that I took out to my car that night when I had to work a second shift. And um, not being able to prove that that event stuff happened comes down the line that we here my folks forgive me but I have auto accidents and I have a dropout. I'm trying to think of the name of the woman who was looking in the trash there at the receiving level and found a bunch of the pictures and I she pulled them out and too. kept them. <laughs> now here's another so, clue, Ken. I know when yes. you were walking on the moon, I was in the uh, control. Not well, I was got to go in the control room before we started, but. The night that my husband, they were walking on the moon, and my husband was in charge of the typing pool for NASA, not Grumman, not TRW. You understand yeah, what I'm right. saying? The oh, yeah. only typing pool, and my husband was the boss or the supervisor. All the girls behind the typewriters, folks, we didn't have computers uh, at that right. extent. And I got he, he called me up from uh, where we were living. Uh, in Red Bluff and zoomed over in my Jag XKE convertible that night and got to go up in there and listen to why well, I didn't understand what he, he wanted he's because it was the reason he wanted me to hear this folks is they were talking about UFOs okay and he yep. was told to delete it but he snuck a call for me and now to this day knowing my husband and how we are and with clearances and all that stuff, but nobody told us about this stuff. We were kids and put in hard copy, and we were right out of high school, and he just happened to have five scholarships. It was to keep him out of the Vietnam War. But this is only one incident in 3D now. This is not made up, and you know, I could swear on a Bible what I heard and what, what he did. He let me hear it, and I said, why would you – I said, why do you let me listen to it? All the women were sitting there with their eyes that were working on that shift. I think they had extra pay and all that, but I knew something happened. But you know, I was like 16 years old. I wasn't—I was very mature for my age, and but I already had ET involvement, so he knew I was connected psychically, and he was always impressed with my psychic abilities and my belief in extraterrestrials, angels for Christians, if you will, extraterrestrials or other beings, if you will. 
So when I heard what they said, and he, he was they're talking, he had to tell me they're talking about flying saucers. You know, he, and then I'll put the headset back on and listen one more time very intently. But at first, it was just like, you know what it sounded like. Remember, uh, Ken, what it sounded like in, between, the, you know, I guess uh, in the control room. I used to know every names, but it back and forth, it would be, you know, it's just, you know. And so right. it, it yeah. doesn't, it's not very impressive. But I was called up, and I got to hear, and so here's the kicker. They told him, Steve and Lee Parrish, to get rid of that. Just we had, they had to get rid of it. They're the transcribing and listening to tapes and transcribing, and they had to get rid of. uh, It's it's like I couldn't believe it. So that it was it was taped and and the transcribing, and they were typing it up. You were told to get rid of parts too. Well, part one, uh, for instance, Neil Armstrong. Uh, requested um, the channel to the medical uh, officer at the Mission Control Center, and it was at that point where the uh, director of the, at the Mission Control, he switched everybody else in the room off and just left the one channel open for um, talking to the medical officer and to the mission uh, director, and it's when Neil says, they're here, they're on the, uh, the edge of the crater, they're watching us, and uh, this was recorded. Now, the good part about it is we had some ham radio operators around the world, that, some of them that were actually tuned in on the, the right frequency, and they had recorded the same thing. So that got kind of proved way down the line, but it's been shut down so many times. It's made it difficult for those of us that were close to it or involved in it and have firsthand information of it to prove that what we're saying is true. And so we can actually get the, those that... Well, that's the problem. We've out, I've outlived most all of them. <laughs> you called us old folks. I got to throw this in real quick. I may be 77, but then again, I'm going to live to 180, so that still makes me uh, fairly young. Okay, <laughs> so I'm not going to reprogram right. my brain. You don't want to program your body and your, your brain that it says, "Okay, I'm 68. I'm going to die." Well, you will. So I didn't play that game. I'm playing my game. Well, that's good. Right. And we're going to have shows on that. We're going to have Ira Pastor with BioQuark. He wants to come Good. and talk about longevity. He's got videos and all kinds of things. So we'll get Ira Pastor to talk about that. Oh, yeah. And, of course, people like The Secret. And, you know, there's all kinds of things you can use out there. But, yes, we are in charge of what comes out of our mouth and what program. And then I want to talk about the Akashic field and going through it and death and dying. But we can do that another day. But, yeah, but today to it has a part of that. Go ahead. You promised you were going to tell the story about how you ended up in the uh, bottom of the clothes basket, and I'm reminding you, you've got to finish that. <laughs> okay, Ken, oh. missing time. Yep. Go ahead. What happened to that? Okay. Um, well, about the same time, um, we had had tremendous thunderstorms going on in the panhandle of Texas, out where we live with the stepdad, T.C. Ray, and um, our, our neighbor was about a mile and a half away, closest neighbor, called in and by the way we even had a phone that hung on the wall it had the little mouthpiece in the box and a crank on the side and we cranked it and the the woman that was handling the the uh, um yeah the, the building where she'd take the little cables and punch in from one and take your cable and punch into the other so that's how we got the message from the neighbor he said boy there was some lightning struck just out past your house on the other side of the road it was tremendous did you guys see it and um so my brother who was uh, five five years older than me, A.R., Dr. A.R. Johnson, I mentioned earlier, 
and my brother Jimmy, only 17 months old, we uh, we grabbed our, our galoshes and went up across the, the dirty, mud, muddy road through the barbed wire fence and went about 50 yards into the field of uh, maize, you know, grain. And in that area, it was swirled down at what we can now call crop circles, but that then was the grief we were talking about, 1947, 19, maybe 1948. At any rate, um, I, it, when you're the littlest one of the, of the group, You've got to do everything you can to keep up with the big one. Well, AR's the oldest, so he doesn't have to do anything. He's just going to take his time. And Jimmy, on the other hand, he, was, he wasn't interested in chasing. So I outran him, and I got to the circle area first. And on the far side, this all ties together, so give me time here. On the other side of the circle area was this big bird. And nowadays I know it was a hooping crane. At least that's what I thought it was. And it's standing over there. They can stand up to four feet tall, mind you. They're, they're still alive today, these birds. It turned its head, looked at me turned its head back forward, took about three steps, opened its wing, slapped its wing once, went up and poof, disappeared. Now, during the regression, as I told this to Dr. Lesson, he said, they, he, he had me, he says, go back and look at the bird, see what it's doing, look at its feathers, what can you see? And I said, it's, 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 it, like the zipper dropped the covering, and it was this gray-looking little kid, and it took two steps, and beamed up, zapped up. So that was when I was only like six years old, if that was five or six years old. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my first contact. Now you asked about the, the um, clothes hamper. There were yeah, other dreams. Yeah, I'm getting there. The, there are times between that and the next four years where I would find in sleeping and stuff, always dreaming about uh, other planets, other things going on, other beings and different things like that. And then um, the same type of thing happened when we'd moved into the town. 560 people, this is a town I want you to know, Hart, H-A-R-T, Hart, Texas, because the family of Hart, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hart and Mr. and Mrs. Ray, the one that founded the whole town. At any rate, um, <clears throat> we were, that one evening, uh, there was a big horns, a bunch of ruckus going on. We went out and looked behind our house there close to, about a half a block away from the Grade school, middle school, high school, we didn't have it. It was all one school for that little town. And um, this craft had landed in this big wide open field between us and the closest elevators. And um, people had come in with their cars, it had hovered around. And so we all went out the back of the house, probably about a football field away from our house. And um, the doors opened, a ramp came down, and it, it gets back to the, the, the dirty clothes hamper. Anyway, um, <laughs> this big tall, tall guy walks down the ramp, walks and there's a shimmering-looking uh, curtain or screen surrounding this craft and where they were. And these people panicked. They took off, ran as fast as they could, and there were just a few people left. And this guy looks over and points at me, curled his finger and said, "Come over." As I walked over, the the the, the uh, there was a shimmering of the curtain parted, and allowed me to walk in. And he motioned me to go up the, the ramp. I walked up the top. And at the top, in, inside the craft, there were other people, beings, things, leaning over, and they all started applauding, walking me in. That, then after that, that um, there was a period of time. So after that happened is when I wound up finding myself inside the dirty clothes hamper. So I had been abducted, whatever term you want to use, taken away, trained. That's where a lot of my um, training came to prepare me to be a solar system ambassador. Now, you mentioned that term earlier, 
you're aware that um, NASA had a program called Solar System Ambassadors? Did you know that, uh, TJ? I heard anyway, it from you. <laughs> okay, well, I, yes, I, have my, I have my badges, <laughs> and I copied them. They're, they're on my website uh, that I had from NASA for the Solar System Ambassadors, and we were the ones that would go out to all the different organizations, clubs, and schools and things and, and give lectures and talks about what all we were accomplishing in space and all that. Well, uh, that was what I was being trained to be by extraterrestrials, and then I was put back into my timeline. And, and any time they take you out, and I'm just talking like this because I know it happened because it did. Anytime they're taking you out and they put you back in, there could be a gap in, in a few hours or just a few minutes to put you back in the timeline where you were when you were taken. So here I find myself back in the timeline in the, the, the family bathroom, one bathroom in the houses in those days, and in the little little door that opens up and a little flip where people we throw all of their clothes in there and be sorted out and laundered later. In fact, we didn't have washing machines and things like that. We went to the local laundromat. Um, worse than that. And here I am underneath all of those things and I could hear mother and them hollering for me, looking for me and uh, they came into the to the bathroom and that's about the time I opened the door and came out of it. So that kind of tied it all together to get me up to the point of where I was getting a little bit older and accepting duties and jobs and responsibilities. And then there's a whole lot of other events that I've been able to um, fall, uh, not fall, uh, fall out of this old brain of mine, or it should say young brain, that uh, Dr. Lesson's been able to pull out and find out <laughs> just exactly what took place other times in my life. So that's kind of what put that's me. great. I think the thing is, is we've been chosen. And, and I know that, um, uh, TJ, you and and Janet and Karen and Brett and and uh, Andrew and for hours you can name off those those that we've come in contact with that have helped validate events and things that took place in our life that we've been been chosen by extraterrestrials. In fact, that that's that's the picked name I have of my book number three is traveling with extraterrestrials. So <laughs> we'll find out a whole lot more as it comes out of this out of the story and we get it out to the public. Well, let me add another piece to this story, Oh, oh my God. I'm going to say that because as soon as we start getting information out, other people who were involved that we didn't know at the time, now we're finding out we were all involved in it together at the same time. Now, what happened? Well, these men in black, men in black might have been CIA when I was young because I wanted to go to Washington. But here's the deal. Even I don't know who some of these men in black were because they would surround me. They surrounded President uh, Reagan when I met him, but I was very young. And then when uh, where I had this in my mind, and I skipped channels. The the men in black would come up, and they could uh, direct me in life. That's where I was going with it. There's the Mandela effect, Nelson Mandela effect, and the conferences and people meeting each other and wanting to know the truth. But what I want to do is have people understand this is very complicated. This isn't just nuts and bolts history. Give me the facts. You can taste, touch, feel it, see it, you know, with your senses. Because I'm a natural-born empath and have to spend most of my time away from everything that's going on. And there's a reason for that. But when I was a child, I went over and uh, over in White Sands just to meet people that would take me up again from the four-year-old I was taken up and then again on White Sands. But these men in black, Ken, they put me in places 
so I could be a part of the storyline, but they didn't tell me what my purpose was. So there's not only the past lives uh, or what our memories, our dreams, our you know sacred soul uh, come in with memories or come back and be uh, a walk-in and re-experience it. There is also the fact that in this world, there are people coming and going and my husband and I didn't know which ones were off planet or on planet. So we have uh, the made, you know, spacecraft of Earth origin, and we have spacecraft not of Earth origin and the Ebens, and then there's various types of grays. And Linda Moulton Howell has uh, some of the stuff on that. And, you know, there's the tall and the short grays, and they're supposed to be friends, and some say they're not. And there's the ones that look like the little Japanese, Japanese people, little short people, sort of, you know, more of a tannish gray, or some say yellow. But then there's – I've got so many stories to tell, but I don't necessarily think it has to do with any secret once we say it. It's, it depends on the person listening as to what they want to record, and that was the importance of me, you, and Janet meeting. And I do believe what you said, that they put us in place, or there's, I don't know if you want to say the Mandela effect, or no coincidence, or crossing each other's paths, but just like you and I must have crossed in Beth Page, and we must have crossed at the Windsor, and I I must have seen you. Uh, But what is, who is directing this stage? This is amazing stuff. If you know what I mean, it's amazing that we're talking right now to me. It's it's great stuff. Well, that's, you, get, that's you know what I'm key. saying? And that's the key, I great. think. And that is because at this time of what the, and I I thought I was the one that dubbed the comment full disclosure about two years ago or a little longer, and um, it's it's the fact that those of us who are willing to risk everything and come forward with with information that we each have a portion of this puzzle. And then those uh, the other people out there who have been involved, such as you just said that we're bound to have come cross paths. Well, absolutely, I'm sure that we have, and that the the ETs that have been involved in manipulating this to get us Earthlings, <laughs> Homo sapiens, sapiens, or whatever you want to call us, to a point where we can deal with the fact that we're not alone. We are not the only intelligent beings in the world. That we are ready now. If we're going to be able to take our place amongst the uh, until the EVs and the in the the universe, we need to get our acts together, and I think that's what we've been picked and chosen for, even all the way back to our childhood. In my case, because of, of I'm sure things that my fathers had been involved in, and my mother, and and uh, it it seems to me now looking back that I and I that's why I'm using the term chosen by extraterrestrials, and that's not being arrogant. It's just it's the only way I can answer about how I wound up at the right place with the right stuff to do the right thing. Well, let me mention this, and I'm going to let Janet uh, weigh in on this, uh, Ken. Uh When when you and I met met for the first time, probably not the first time, because my mind keeps telling me that's not the first time you saw Ken Johnston. And I don't know what part of me that is, but we all have a soul and a conscience. But uh, let's just say that the time in a human form in an avatar 3D body, because getting off into spiritual science makes people get lost. So I'm trying to keep it 3D, folks, boots on the ground. But boots on the ground, meaning human avatar, when uh, William Tompkins and I met – True story, and Michael Sala was trying to, Dr. Sala was trying to establish that. And Janet said, uh, me and him talk on, I think it, uh, one of my shows or her shows, because we both syndicate, but 
the fact was the the men that arranged my life for me there's always been a lot of men masculine i had one woman i met and she had a younger woman with her i signed a lot of contracts in the government folks so <laughs> but one of the one of the groups took me to a hangar i think it was in san diego where the qualcomm uh, uh qualcomm stadium was but they had me meet him in a hangar his name was bill and the reason i believe it was william tompkins because i'm pretty good at memory with faces i can't remember names worth if I had to save my life, but I remembered Bill because it was the weirdest situation. Now, let me tell you the reason why. I was just going about, you know, milling about smartly. I was out of the, out of the military uniform part, and I was driving a truck, and I didn't realize how much, you know, as you got your clearances here and there, and, but the, I was cleared to drive for the U.S. Treasury, carry money and Microsoft, you know, lots of computers. I was carrying millions of dollars, okay, but when I'd go do airplane or jet parts or secret parts right ken you know what i'm talking about going on to the military bases and uh carrying aircraft parts or whatever but they i met him but what's so funny is i didn't know it was william tompkins till some of the stuff started coming out i went oh my god that's the guy i met at the hangar you know and why and so i've got all these pieces ken in my life of being Sent these men, even though I was working, you know, for the uh, I was driving a truck in and out of places because I was cleared. Why did they want me to meet this guy, Bill? Now, the reason I think it was William Tompkins was he had the weirdest hair and he looked like it was the same guy that I remembered from Houston, but I don't know for sure. But I know that they said because of me and him and what we were working on together which freaked me out because of the ET stuff. And I don't know how – they didn't say, oh, we're Majestic 12 or, you know, the ET or the UFO stuff. They didn't say that, but they said it in a way that I knew what they were talking about. And and that can happen, folks. These people either with ESP or they'll say just enough to – they'll take you places and put you places to make a reality or one of these lines happen, Ken. And I need you yep. to know that because you happened – of all the things you could have talked to me about when you met, you met me this last time with Janet May was uh, you had his book. And then Janet wound up being with him and pushing his wheelchair just a month or two behind. So, Janet, go ahead and put your piece in on the uh, UFO secret space or William Tompkins story in there because we all know okay. he liked women. And, <laughs> you and want to TJ, hang on to your knickers because I've had a great contact with with the William Bill Tompkins. Stand by. Good, good, good. So we'll we'll, we'll share our stories. Um, So I was walking at uh, Contact in the Desert, and I decided to go the other direction, coming back from the bathroom, and I ran into this woman who was – her father was Bill Tompkins' boss. And he had just come out with uh, Selected by Extraterrestrials, and he started making all these YouTubes. And thank God he did, because he didn't have much time with us. You know, he came out full full disclosure for Bill Tompkins, and then he was he was gone the following like that later that year. So um, I I said to Sasha, I said we have to go to the Mufon Conference in Vegas. 
because we're supposed to hang out with Bill Tompkins, which, you know, it's really hard to hang out with these people because they're swamped by all these people. But I just followed my guidance, and so I I um, signed up for it and got our plane tickets, and I, I signed up for a table, and I was sharing a table with Misha Johnston. And when I arrived at the – and I go, well, I don't know how this is going to happen, but when I arrived at the conference and I went to find my table, it was right across from Bill Tompkins. I went, ah, oh, we scored. See, the ETs always help me. It's really amazing. <laughs> you know, when I'm supposed to do something, I'm working for them, that it all falls into place. So there I was right across from him, and I was helping him and his wife. But his wife was the one in the wheelchair. Bill Tompkins – was supposed to be across the um, the casino, the big facility, and and these uh, he had all these teeny boppers around him. That's the best way to describe it. It's like he was a rock star, and everybody discovered Bill Tompkins, and they wanted to talk to him, and they wanted to take pictures with him, and they wanted. And so I was looking at the the watch because I was you know going to go over and be at this uh, panel, and I went over to him and I said, Bill, you've got to go right now. You're not going to make it. You're going to miss your own panel. So um, the goddess wife, and I, I helped. I, I said, look, look, uh, fans, he'll be back after an hour and a half, and you can get your autograph said. He's got to go now. So, But I was expecting somebody from the conference to come over and get him and say, hey, Bill, let me – but no, nobody did. So I rescued him, put his wife in the chair. I was pushing his wife, and then he – I looked over – and there was a point where I ha- we were really running late, so I had to start running with her, pushing her. And he's he's running. He's 93, 94 years old. He's running. <laughs> he's keeping up with me, and he's not winded at all. I said, Bill, are you okay? He said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Let's get going. So um, I had a wonderful time with Bill. Two weeks later, he was dead. Uh, it's the story, official story, was he fell in, hit his head, and then apparently he uh, recovered, or he was up from hitting his head, and then he fell again, and then he was gone, so uh, rushed to the hospital and died. So that's all I know about Bill, but he, um, you know, his name is Bill Tompkins. My father's name is Bill Thompson, very close in name. They're both World War II vets, um, and uh, he had, um, Bill Tompkins had this photographic memory. That's why he was selected by extraterrestrials. And so that's one thing I'd like to talk about is what abilities do we have? Why do they select us? And apparently when you're able to communicate telepathically with extraterrestrials, that's a special ability. Now, are we born with those? A lot of us are uh, genetically manipulated and, um, well, this is what I'm finding out in my research, and they can go down to the semen and egg level, uh, genetically alter us, and then, plant us into our mother's our mother's wombs. Um, what was her name? Um, Cynthia Crawford was genetically altered. Uh, sperm and egg, maybe the zygote. And then she was put into her mother's womb alongside her sister. So they were twins, but she was outside the uterus and the other twin was inside the uterus. And they weren't very compatible when there was a transplant needed they were not uh, genetically compatible so there's a phenomenon that's coming out when we interview these secret space programs super soldiers and apparently there are several million of them so 
you know, it's it's likely that uh, since we're traveling in the same circles, we're going to reconnect. And for some reason, they're allowing us to remember. So we're having this phenomenon where we reconnect with the, somebody from the program and we're getting all these ahas and I remember this and I remember that. So the last couple of days I've witnessed uh, Ken and TJ going, oh, I remember this. Oh, oh, I remember that. So it's very exciting <laughs> when you get this validation. That, well, it's working uh, in, your, in this reality versus memories versus past lives, near death, out of body. And just a new age is getting a bad rap for some of the things that it taught us. And you can take it through all the, you know, go back to uh, Hermazda if you want to, or, you know, Zarathustra or Thoth or whoever, all of the above. You know, world religions, it depends on each person's individual perceptions. And some of them, the religious values are what they have, and that's fine. America was, you know, the thrust of where we are now was based on his, it has historical value. So, you know, we're supposed to be here now, enjoy being here in our avatars, our vehicles, our bodies. And still, most of us, you know, even those that have no world religion, folks, and, and some people, including Richard, Dolan, historically, you know, we as historians, and I've been one of those a very long time, and with the Ace Folk Life, at least from 2003, with the Smithsonian and learning to talk to people and listen to people, and I I got sent in Kentucky, and I was actually looking for Bigfoot, not UFOs, people seeing UFOs more over my house and telling me, and uh, but the Yeti that was uh, part of the history and in my life and Tommy Oxblood was one of those with my husband in uh in memory form and I to this day their energy the way they walk and talk and Tom and Tommy at one point in their life reminded me of of that and uh the highest gold personages where I would be shown where to go I've been guided would be gold dust or a gold light and I don't want to, you know, don't start splitting hairs over what I'm saying. Just try to get the message. The message was for me because people haven't, I haven't even shared most of this stuff in detail. So the fact is that we are all unique. We're all important. Nobody's more important than the other. You step aside of your ego to be humble. But the fact is each one of us has something that is very, very similar and those, I like the fact that William or Bill or whoever was guiding him for his book. Didn't you say, uh, uh, well, Ken, did he say chosen in his title? Selected, I, I didn't by, a, selected, well, selected by extraterrestrials. Yep. Selected by, by extraterrestrials. Okay. Well, Tom and I were told we were chosen before we were born, and that was pretty hard to handle. It's the only thing that saved me was my religious upbringing and seeing billboards that said, I knew you before you were born, and there was a little baby uh, almost fully developed in the womb, and I'd had that and seen that with my daughters. So I had experienced uh, babies coming out of me and, you know, in a little cocoon or, you know, having to break the water, like you see little animals or kittens or dogs come out. You come out in this little thing and, and boop, you know, if somebody gets to come out of your tummy anyway, and you, when they come out, a lot of the water breaks and the 
for you know the skin comes off of you but i realized that with my experiences i'm putting together my own story and i would suggest each person do that now tonight we've got ufo secret space command topics levels timelines and metaphysics because a lot of the metaphysicians are magicians and we're looking at a lot of people around the world that don't really believe in religions or uh, metaphysics or occult wisdom. But cosmology, if you – I have a book called Knowing Cosmology out there, but it would be very helpful to a lot of people reading about cosmology. And metaphysics is in cosmology, so think about it. We've got a lot of topics. Now, I want to mention that the reason I asked Ken and Janet is because I don't know too many people on the planet that are kindred spirits that can talk about the UFO Secret Space Command, which is probably different for Karen and Janet and Ken and Brett and uh, Brett Cullen Shepard and uh, even um, Matteo Ianio over in Italy because he loves to look at the, the photos on the on Mars. But there's something going on, and I can tell you that as the algorithms follow us, I want to get into how AI follows us as well, those beings that have souls and those that don't. And please listen to Linda Moulton Howell, listen to Richard Dolan, listen and form your own opinion because I've only got a few people that I trust to at least be good journalists, meaning fact-finding, and that they cite their why they think the way they do. And a lot of authors and journalists and investigators and researchers that I've known in the past, they didn't know me, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how I am coming into play now. I waited until President Bush passed, and there's a story and a reason for that, and I'll have to get into the details. But now I feel much freer because I carry my husband's UFO off-planet story and us working with the command off-planet and working with the Andromeda galaxy, but also working in the various universes, multiverse, and the seven universes. So when working in one's physical reality, it's hard because it's like the yellow book or the uh, – we – Tom and I was using computers before there were computers. Tom and I was using holograms before there were holograms. Tom and I were seeing beings and people uh, in different types before other people. And then we we were so compartmentalized that we didn't understand except the Reagan era. And I'm going to call the UFO Secret Space Program that we need topics and we need alienology separate in the UFO Secret Space Command because that's what I'm doing is I'm establishing those that study aliens separate from those that study UFOs in historical value or in history, that the books that may be in the future. Because people that study the aliens don't – they may study the uh, vehicles. They may not. But we've been so limited. I remember – Janet, you and Ken probably do, when we didn't have ufology, and it was a big deal. I went through that in 2000-something till 2006, and I was on the road doing the government's bidding, and I went out to Roswell to talk to Glenn Dennis, and we had to have training on the planet, and we didn't have enough uh, of the uh, 
computer simulations and they put me in place in Oklahoma. They put my daughter in place in Oklahoma when we were training. And then we went out and the gaming, a lot of people don't know the deep history of their country or are in AI or in computers, but we were going around and not only were we taking stuff in and out, you know, not in uniform because most of the time we'd worked out of uniform, but having people and Ken, you can appreciate this being a pilot, you know how they have to train, but they have simulations. We had desktop simulations in, in Oklahoma. Yep. And aren't you, aren't you from that area? Because I was part of that. So was my daughter, but people, you can't talk about that stuff. It's not secret or clear. It's just who who cares? So this makes the, what you and I are doing important. You're in Oklahoma and where did you go to any, uh, flying commands or anything because we needed pilots and part of my job was to make sure the kids got trained guess what star wars and stargate and all that was far mainly star wars going around and putting those games and using uh being involved with your hands and feet and flying those I, spacecraft go ahead I, I remember that actually going through and doing that that test you did see I did. You remember? I, and and this, I, how many times did your plane fall? <laughs> and you were like, wait a minute, I want another turn, and everything goes dead. It's very embarrassing. But, you know, the you have to pass a test sooner or later before you get to go out and do the deal. But we were training people around the country. I've got so many little Mandela lines or cross, crossing, Ken, that I want to start connecting the dots to make it understood that – We've been training people on this planet a long time. Now, Ken, I don't know if you're going to call yourself an extraterrestrial, but I call everybody because if you go out there and and everybody that's on this little bitty dot, they're like fleas on the ticks or ticks on a, on a, on a dog. You know, we're on (laughs) spacecraft earth. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely do. And I totally agree. We are, we are, all springs of extraterrestrials, and therefore we are ETs here on this planet Earth. But I, can I jump in here for a little bit? I got yeah. to go back because you guys are tying things together for me, and I'm having a blast. Um, like, oh, geez, recall. I, I think Jan talked about her, her memory. I had a total recall, 100% recall. In, in third grade, the teacher, uh, for instance, we had the homework, supposed to read a story, and the teacher says, okay, who, who wants to tell us about the story last night? And, and I held up my hand, and she says, fine. So I walked up in front of the classroom, and she went, and she starts making her notes, and I start off, once upon a time, long, long ago, blah, 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 blah. She said, I didn't say read it. I said, tell it. I said, I am telling it. So I'd say, um, that's those very much in common with those of us that I think have been chosen, picked, taken, used, what have you, at the time when we had those skills and those abilities. So... But I'd lost that. I hate to say that, and I'm, I'm straight, striving hard to get the uh, gray matter to working better. One of the other things is um, when I left um, NASA and started my own little company, uh, that went good for about a year and a half. And then I, I came back to NASA. They were looking for uh, regular astronauts to go in the uh, uh, Skylab program and then to the shuttle program, I should say. And then um, um, when I, I came back to work, I went to work at TRW where um, Bill Tompkins um, was a star, I should say, for TRW, and very interesting that he and I did get to speak a couple of months before he passed, uh, very short with his, his wife there, so I couldn't go into much detail about As him, did, did you and a couple of the other, about three other guys, oh, well, meet um, the, um, oh, what did he call them? 
the not Anunnaki, the, the extraterrestrial women that worked to to help. Um, Are you talking about equipment. we have Nordic Nordic women? Yes, yes, yes. yes, we, yes, yes. I, that's all yes. we worked with. That's all. And my husband the was over the grill. Or, yeah, the grill. 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 Yeah. The girls with the long hair, which was their magical powers. I got to go to one of their special get-togethers where she kind of enjoyed being with all of us guys. Anyway, enough said there. Um, Well, okay, so let's look at that one second here, because this is what Bill, Bill kept going round and round in his book, Selected by Extraterrestrials. Now, we're talking the 60s. Well, I haven't 60s. read his book, so just to ask me well, uh, I mean, innocently. Then, wait, okay, okay, innocently, and I won't go into any kind of dirty details, but in the 60s, there were a lot of love-ins, and uh, there was a period of, uh, you know, kind of great celebration sexually, very um, uh, that's, that's, loose. That's very that loose. Very loose. And nice that's one of the things that builds... Bill Tompkins talked about. They had all these, um, you know, they were basically orgies, you know, sexual orgies. And uh, there may have been a lot of drugs, you know, sex, drug, and rock and roll. So, but I'm wondering, since these girls like to be with everybody, if there yes. was there was something that they were embarking to the people they were with. Because they, they were not human. These were extraterrestrials. And this being I was called in as a, as a young woman consultant, but if you're leading to uh, see back then, I wouldn't do any. I've never been um, promiscuous ever. It doesn't matter if I'm eating or not. We're talking about these. We're talking about these girls that that. The girl, well, that I, I didn't read his Hopkins book, and I don't read. I know well, I know okay. about some stuff during that period because I was in Houston. So if it happened around Houston and NASA, I didn't yeah. read his book. Thank goodness, no. And the reason is now you told me to, and that I needed to. But at the same time, there was a lot of stuff probably in the book that I didn't want to. Uh, how can but I say this? I, I haven't. I wanted to use my part of my reality, and ex- with what I experienced. So because remember, Janet and and Bill, I've written thirty or forty books, but I didn't put my on-planet boots-on-the-ground life, like I'm talking to you now with with. Oh, Ken, I wanted to Ken. know, and you've taken the ball way off, off where it was at. All right, on what the I people, let is, me ask Ken. Wait, let me ask Ken. No, I had a question I'm waiting for Ken to answer. What I asked him was, because cause you and Bill were in these orgies with these extraterrestrial women, and so, and I've heard about this at Penn State. This is not the first time I've heard about these things that were going <laughs> on in those days. Okay, I wasn't born yesterday. I'm aware. Okay. 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 I wanted to know, since you were intimate with these extraterrestrials, did you get something from them? Do you think they were uh, changing you in some way, fertility, further? I'm going to make. I'm going to imagine it. Further genetically altering you, um, implanting ideas into you, so you would take it to accelerate humanity. Or is there anything like that or akin to that that happened when you were engaged with these? Well, I I, I feel almost 
<laughs> I almost feel disappointed because I was only invited once, okay? Okay, so, okay. Anyway, but, um, oh, jeez, um, just a minute, I, I made a note here. Because <laughs> um, I can't keep up with you two at the same time you go so fast. Um, oh, I'll oh, well. just ask you one question. Okay. One question. Okay. Oh, yes, remember got, got when we were at yeah, a dinner yeah. and it'd be at a it'd be at somebody's influential's house, and only certain yeah. people could attend. And then, then yep. afterwards, they would. But see, I didn't know remember he put all that in his Eyes book. Wide shut. Remember the movie Eyes Wide Shut? No, I didn't see and, it. I did okay, not see the it. the inner circle got. Invited to these things that were very sexual. So this was a very this was an inner circle party that Ken got invited to, and it was very sexual. With the I went to some, but I left early. Okay. I, I, I no, went I early. Ken. I want to say it was Ken educational. He, it was yeah, educational. you being a boy. Okay. Then yeah. Ken's okay. a boy. Do you, do you think you okay. came away with any new awareness from being in that thing besides having a good time? Uh, I'm talking well, about. Do you think they enhanced you, woke you up, or something? What what happened? Being with these. Uh, I, I think it just gave me a, a better understanding and grip of what we are here on this planet, and uh, I was very comfortable with who I was and who I am there. And and the other thing I want to run real fast is. Uh, did either one of you wind up in meetings with Dr. Werner von Braun? Because I did. He was at NASA a lot. I did. Okay. It's, it, in looking back, I now, ended up. The, I ended up in in the Star Trek conference in in 1975 in New York City. Now we had the other parts of this. We had J. Allen Hynek, Gene Roddenberry, yep. Isaac Asimov. And, and um, Robert H. Heinlein. Now, those they were four major characters in the original Secret Space Program because I recently got intel right. that this was real, that Star Trek is real, and it has yes, been. Yes, it is. And that was the first line of putting out the information to see who would follow that, you know, just like the War of the Worlds when they tested it in the 20s or 30s or whatever yeah. on the radio in the 40s. In the 60s, right. our generation's version was Star Trek, to see who actually believed it and understood it. I got it. Yeah. I was in the and we've been struggling people, to try to get the... the Oops. I just want to finish my, my sentence, and then I'll pass the ball. But this okay. conference, at the end of it, turned into a giant orgy, and I'm 21 years old, and I'm going, oh, my God, what is going yep. on here? Okay, so I think the same thing happened with the energy in what you're describing, what Bill Thompson was, Tompkins was describing, that things got, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with this, uh, I don't know, I'm grasping at straws because there's some commonality there, and then you have this, this um, you know, cabal type thing which talks about the, the secret society, the secret space, secret society, and that was very eyes wide shut. Was very. Uh, well, Janet. So let me tell you this: yeah. when we talk about my lifeline, I was married to different men. I believed you uh-huh. had to be married to have sex, and I was very spiritual. If you want to say grown up in the Christian faith, but Steve, my husband, wasn't. He was Episcopal, or not? No, Pres. 
what was he, Presbyterian? Anyway, his parents lived in Florida before I met him in Houston. And over here in Florida, uh, around the, the NASA area, they were more promiscuous. But he had already learned Methodist. all that. He was uh, Methodist. Well, it doesn't matter because we shouldn't even think through our filters with world religions. But, you know, the yep. thing is, the sex part, now let me tell you what, Tom, Steve was all for it. Steve was always trying to get me to go to that stuff. But, uh, right. But, and I, and I met a lot of famous people because he was sexually, my husband was popular with both men and women. So he mm-hmm. was very into learning people intimately. I was not a wife swapper. I was not into anything like that. And I was surprised to find out that I didn't even know what he was talking about and all that. But a lot of people were, yes. But, Tom, on the other hand, was not, and he was more like me, but off planet on a spacecraft, the women that he met wanted to have, they, they would be assigned to him and go to him, and they would be asked which ones wanted to go in, and of course they were pretty, and because Janet, you may be disappointed, but they don't have women marrying and all that, and they, the babies are brought up separate. From they don't mm-hmm. they're working on a spacecraft, you know in right. space. This, uh, this would make it uh, the um, secret space brothel program. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was I married to two different. I, I was married to actually uh, all the men I married worked for the government. I never realized that till just now. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, this is kinky, but yes, there is something that reason I want to do separate topics, Janet, and this is going to have to be a weekly show just on the UFO Secret Space Command, because if you think of a human, how many years I've spent on the 67 and and Ken spent 77, okay, and you said we look like a married couple, and you know, we yeah. even, I was sitting there and I was supposed to be with Myron and me and Ken were sitting there and I gave him my skull and bones ring and did you find my ring, Ken? That's what I've been looking for, and and I do finally remember, uh, remember that I do. It's got to be in one you of were my boxes. It fit. My yeah. souvenirs. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> happened. I, everybody, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. No, I I, well, I witnessed it. Nothing happened. <laughs> and, and we we steered her off to um, Myron. Yeah, we we, we said no, you got you got to go with Myron. So she ended up with Myron for a couple of weeks, couple of months, or a year, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, the anyway, thing is, we people, do, uh, space match. There's different uh, topics <laughs> that we can. Ha- but Janet, there's we, different topics we can handle. And Janet likes the Anunnaki and the Tantra star, and the story. And and uh, Janet, just like you mentioned, there was a particular. Tantra and uh, the dancing, right? For this, uh, let me mention it. That's what you call it, Sky Dancer UFO Con, Janet. Well, the yeah, the, the name of uh, of uh, Margot Anon's uh, Tantra is Sky Sky Dancing Tantra. Let me pull that up. Sky Dancing, and then then they're saying Sky Dancing UFO Con. It's Sky so Dancer. Know, sky Dancer. Sky Dancer. S K Y space. Well, yeah, so D-A-N-C-R. Close, right? so, but they say native yeah. UFO con. So he is part right. uh, uh Daryl Sims, although he's an investigator in Houston and I was. And so, you know, we had the vet PI people that knew each other and then would go and do burn security or 
Wells Fargo, and I did both of those. But, you know, in security, you wanted to do – I wanted to work for the government. I sought the government out, but they had already put it in my head when I was in the 1967 when I was a kid before we even graduated high mm-hmm. school. And then, but Daryl Sims has Native American blood. I have O positive, the oldest blood in the world. So a lot of people try to split hairs and make a lot of things about all the blood. But yeah, we're going through change with the Nordics. And uh, I worked with some Nordics in hospitals and I worked with uh, psychologists in hospitals. And, you know, every time you say a word, then you split it. It's just, it's compartmentalized. So this UFO uh, space program, I don't know what they call it, secret space program, because all this is human-made. These are words humans are making up for the levels of existence. And so I don't think anybody can own secret space program like Corey is trying to say. But I never met Corey, although I've seen him just like everybody else maybe. I didn't go to conferences. The only thing I've gone to is the Mid-South Con in 2016. And I'm just now coming out, folks. This is my you know, I've been talking, but I haven't been given my physical 3D reality out to the conferences because, number one, I wasn't ready, and number two, I had to wait <laughs> till the Bush dynasty trans over the other side. All right, Ken, well, go for main, it. You had, to maintain your, you had to maintain your credibility, the same that uh, I've had to do with mine. I'm sure uh, Janet has too. It, we're at a point now, though, that I think um, – the world and the number of people that have been had either direct contact. This is what ET has had to do, and they have initially started out. You can talk about the flyover Washington D.C. and or whether that was ours or theirs. But the point is, is back in, in the early days of War of the World, people would panic and jump off buildings, thinking that there were ETs attacking the world. We had to get our society to the point where they understand and can accept the fact that we are only a part of sentient beings in this whole universe, and it's about time that we get recognized and can become part. Now that we're at that phase. That's where those of us like, like ourselves can now come forward with other experiences that we've had with extraterrestrials in our lives or how we are discovering that we've been chosen, picked, used, however word you want to call it, and, and it's becoming more exciting. I mean, this is going on day by day right now. I mean, it's amazing. Yes, multi-level living in 3D reality. And, and now some people are going to argue dimensions. They're going to off levels. Uh, I've tried to get Tommy for years to talk about it. But, you know, dying and having firsthand experience and then having memories, there's oh. memories and there's experience, but there's putting them together from past life and reincarnation now. And that's how, and Richard Dolan should know this, how and so should Jimmy Church. When the conferences started allowing, now I go way back to conferences. I'm not saying I didn't go back to the Whole Life Expo or uh, I went to the new, uh, anyway, expos in LA, San Fran, and I had offices in Hawaii and New York, California, and Dallas. And I was going to conferences and Las Vegas a lot. So nobody knows my story yet. But the thing is, we now are coming forth. Karen, Janet, I keep saying Karen, so I must be evoking her here. Ken and Richard should know when people started adding all the people from Bud Hopkins forward and, and Dolores Cannon, and we they wouldn't give us the time of day in the New Age community. They wouldn't even give us a UFO track. They fought us. There was the Rancha people and the Unity and all the New Agers with the Feel Good books and the Human Potential people got – a, a track and, and, you know, but they would not put the UFO people. We were not accepted folks in the eighties 
oh. in these conferences, Ken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I've got to ask you one quick question to both of you sure. and other people that may be listening in, and that is a, a death experience. When I was born, I was born with a cyst over my left eyebrow, and when they operated on me to remove that cyst, they just finished it, and then my heart stopped beating. I stopped breathing. The doctor had just been through uh, training for mouth-to-mouth resuscitation just the month before that happened. They called for what they call for a pull machine because I just said something about you swallow your tongue and everything else. And he had me up sitting up crying, sitting on the table by the time they got there with the machine. But my heart had stopped beating for over 49 seconds. And in modern times, they would have called you dead. And the point is, is I've been so different from my other two brothers that um, I'm now finding out that that was the moment in time in which the entity that I am now stepped into the body that was dying. And I'm wondering how many other people have had some ex- types of experiences like that with an event in their lives. It could well show that we've been picked, chosen to do a certain thing. If that's nothing more than being on the radio talking with TJ and Jack, then, then that's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, a lot of people will demonize that, but you go back to the old days and we had walk-ins. You know, look yes. at uh, uh, Brad and Nancy or Francie Steiger that brought out star people. And folks, if yep. you didn't read the book, you should read that. But, you know, I helped write a whole bunch of stuff through the years and put it into the system. But, you you know, we can all uh, make it demonize anything. And one of the guys That's says true. electricity. You know, you can use yep. electricity to light your home or you can, you know, stick a bobby pin in an electric socket and shock yourself. And my kid's done that plenty <laughs> of times. But there's so much to talk about that has not been talked about at these conferences. And they they should not have any lack of material, but they started bringing in uh, Neil Armstrong, his group, his nonprofit. He had a couple of them, and we talked about it. And then Ray Hernandez, one of four. And Janet, remember before they got that thing going really good, uh, that the uh, they took all our information and they compared it all. Neil Armstrong. No, I'm talking. No. I'm talking about him with uh, the not the experiences group, but uh, Janet, you know, when we filled out the forms and they talk about it now. In the yeah, UFO. they were just starting. They were just starting, and uh, they've done a lot of work. I, I don't want to, you know, take any credit. Oh, they took our paperwork. A, it was shared. They've, they've I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm okay. just saying that there yeah, was paperwork out there. They got everybody's they, – they got, like, uh, I don't know, hundreds of these people have filled out – forms and uh i only did the first and second level level i didn't do the third level i just i didn't have enough time to go to the third level so but uh anyway they have so there's a lot of people trying to separate it oh yeah absolutely uh from them uh with all these uh i think it's uh I don't know, 500 to 1,000 pages or something this giant book what's the name of it with all this information um I'm gonna walk and see if I can see it while we're talking here. But I want to tell you what what did so uh, what I guess Ken was asking you are you a walk-in? Do you have a and I'll address that first, and then we are going to run out of time here. Right. We've got 15 minutes. I, was, I don't I don't identify as a walk-in. I remember coming in, uh, and I had a full memory of who I was before I was human, and then uh, there was intervention which, uh, you know, they, they brainwipe you, they shut you down for my own protection because I was remembering too much and there were other, I, I was being uh, protected and hidden from another faction. You know, we have light and dark, good and bad, right? 
so they wanted to protect me, so they they came in and um, kind of shot me down a level and mind wiped me so I wouldn't uh, get hurt or killed. But, no, I'm, I'm the original Janet, uh, who is the original soul that goes all the way up to source. It's called Beyond UFOs, the Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence, Volume 1. And it's a gigantic big book. Um, editors Ray Hernandez, Dr. John Clemo, and Dr. Rudy Shield. Uh, this is what they're compiling from experiencer.org. And it is 775 pages, approximately. That's the new book they have out. Okay, huge. and so but that's, that's Ray Hernandez. All this research, Ray, Judy, uh, Rudy Shield, and that whole organization called Free. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's my story. I I remember who I was, and then I um, did a hypnotic regression. And I recovered. Uh, I, there's usually like a screen memory. I remember something, and I'll say to the doctor, listen, there's more to that story. What, what else is there? So we'll do a session, and then all the uh, other information will come forward. It's not real difficult to get to it, but there's, uh, there are blocks, and then sometimes you can't get to it no matter what. So it takes time. It's like the, uh, the Russian dolls, right? You know, the information is kind of inside each other, so you have to take out the top piece, and then you get access to the pieces underneath. Um, well, the Ascension Age covers that. What? Are you a walk-in? You mean, uh, at are, the are one you time, the original soul or a walk-in? At the original, uh, up until four years old, because uh, I knew who I was when I was two. I know where we lived. I knew all the information. Uh, I knew all of it, but I still have all that information. But I know that I was somewhat different at age four with my family. That's when I learned of the... You know, you have the one in space, and then you have the, the one on, on Earth. And uh, then I had past life memories, but I went to White Sands and and was different, too, when my uncle worked at uh, for Los Alamos and then White Sands. Uh, so I have different memories here, just like I do in past life memories. So I'm much more complicated than anybody that I've met thus far. But at one time, when I met J. Allen Hynek, before he died in 86, I was reading Ruth Montgomery's book, Aliens Among Us. So I know that part of me thought I was because I was trying to learn about my entire path, the open walk or the the spiritual path. And Ruth Montgomery and I were talking. I liked her book, and she and I were writing to each other. So when J. Allen Hynek came by me on the plane, I used to fly a lot, a whole bunch, but I don't know, Ken, it's like knowing or meeting you. I talked to him, but he came by me, and Jay Allen Hynek said, uh, excuse me, I was on the inside uh, halfway in the plane, uh, and he was in the back, but he said, I, I, he walked by me two or three times, so he said, uh, do you, uh, I noticed you, you were reading, he he didn't say his, what you're reading. He said, do you believe in that stuff? And he was sort of sarcastic, so I didn't know how to answer him, but I tried to read him real quick, and I, I saw he was, you know, he was a good man. He was curious, but uh, the first time we came by, I just mentioned something, but he came back by again, and he asked me, I don't know what he was doing going to the front of the plane. It wasn't that big of a jet, 
But he said, do you mind, the second time he came back, he says, listen, we've got a wall, and it was a long flight wherever we were going, and I know it's something to do with Chicago, or we both boarded O'Hare or something. I was in and out of O'Hare a lot. I was in and out of all over the country a lot as an investigator. But he said, uh, do you mind, can you come back to the uh, bulkhead, which is the back end of the plane, the tail? He would always sit right in the tail, and Ken, you can tell me why. I guess it's supposed to be the, the safest place, right? But well, it's the last, anyway, part to, last part to break off. Okay, well, that's where he sat, and he asked me to come back there, so I did. I got to know him, and he I'm sure there's a file on me with not C-SETI, CUFOs, right, Center of UFO. But uh, this was back during the time where, like, Bruce, Dr. Bruce McAbee and APRO, all those people. we got to go way back into the history of, of UFOs on the planet, folks, and I plan on doing that. So, uh Ken, what topics do you want to see happen? Do you have them split up other than past lives or uh, consciousness and and, uh, memories versus – because see, in the Ascension Age, that's what I got. My downloads in the 80s, I don't think I was a walk-in, but at that time I was looking for how am I supposed to put all these pieces together? And Dr. Okay. Uh, J. Allen Hynek, he just – I blew him away. He had never met anybody like me. Totally blew him away because I was much more intelligent than he thought I was going to be. <laughs> or at least <laughs> it's what he told me. <laughs> That's what he told me anyway because I had different parts. So in one yeah. way, in, in one school, Ken, they I may be a part of me. But on the other hand, I may not be. Because of my DNA, and I'm working with too many people on the human genome, or we call it a project, but working on what we are with, uh, you know, every every part of us, and uh, telomeres, and in the future of hu- humans. So we're all part of all these groups that have come and gone, right? But the memories yep. of uh, being here now, and people we left behind, and people we left on the planet. And, you know, we're proving now that we're billions, billions, and billions of years old. So it just depends on where you're at in your life discovery. But let let me give you two. Please tell me what part do the topics, levels, timelines, and metaphysics, uh, are you willing to come back and talk about? This? It's very complicated, this UFO space stuff. It's not just the people. It's everything um, that involves. I, I think Go ahead, this Ken. point might. My mother used to always say, hey, if you want to know something, just wind Kenny up and put him in the corner and he'll entertain you. Uh, and uh, I don't I believe think that, that. There's any, <laughs> any subject, I don't think there's any subject that we can, can bar, but we just know, he didn't know how to approach it, kind of like what we did with Bill Tompkins and our connection there. Um, I, I, you I want to keep building. To a, Go ahead. I'm sorry? Say it again. I said, I said, we're keep building. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead. That's what I think that opening it up for other people that have had similar type experience, we've touched on enough tonight, I think, that ought to start people looking at their past lives or their present lives and experiences, the things that they've, they've experienced more recently, and see if we can't bring it on there. Because that, I, I'm, this whole business, I don't mean business is making money, but because I don't know if any of us are really making money, maybe other just covering our expenses to get to and from some of the It meetings. costs me more money. It costs me money to do this in, yes, in the thousands and every year because I, I produce and Janet does right. to get but the word out. To, mm-hmm. That is Go that's ahead. the point. And 
to get the word out. We need hopefully that what we're doing will trigger people's thoughts and let them realize they're not alone and that there are those of us that have stepped forward and, and cleared the path that then they can now come forward with the experiences they've had because that's what this is all about. Is to, I touched on it in the very beginning where that um, uh, people panicked and jumped over. We're, we are now mature enough as a species that we can accept that we're not alone in this universe. That's insane to think that we are. And now it's time that we are should be moving forward, full disclosure, to make ourselves recognized in the universe and become part of the the intelligent sentient beings. And by that, I mean the positive ones. There are some negative things that we've got to deal with, but right now let's, let's deal on the positive and see if we can't push this thing. I, I put out a year or two ago about the 2018, before the end of the year, which is coming real soon, we will be into full disclosure. And that depends upon what some people say. I, I feel like we are, what we've done tonight is full disclosure. We just need to keep it going for everybody. Janet, last words until do you want to do oh, this next week? Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm all about disclosure, and of course, disclosure has many subparts, and it's disclosing the whole uh, paradigm of what's going on, what's really going on underneath the public educational system, which seems to be more programming than <laughs> it is uh, authentic information about what's really happening. So I'm I'm on. I've been. On my other show, interviewing all these whistleblowers, everybody brings a piece of the puzzle to the pie, and it's and I, I don't judge anybody's stories. I know some people get bogged down in, you know, are they lying? They telling the truth? That to me is like a waste of time. I'm just I'm getting the story. What's the story? What's the story? Because there's so much um, mind wiping and you know shooting and shaming and. All this stuff that they layers over people's stories and they're afraid to tell it or that it can't come out. So I'm encouraging this story to come out. And then I, I approach it a different way. I look at the, the commonalities, the similarities, you know, and I get the bigger picture. I'm looking at the big, giant picture of what's really going on and finding the, the multiverse that works best for everybody. That's what I'm looking for. What reality can we all converge upon where everybody's going to get their needs met? We're all going to be happy. And I know there is a reality where, you know, we, we don't have so much suffering and, and death and dying and, and, you know, every day somebody's killing somebody. I can't just like to turn on my phone or my TV anymore. Somebody's killing somebody, you know, public executions and these terrorist attacks. So we, we've got to get to a level besides warring on each other, either on the personal level or the, you know, galactic level or the, you know, planetary level, um, finding this uh, place where we can all love each other and be uh, in peace and harmony and uh, cooperation. So that's what I'm looking for. So if this is a path to doing it, sign me up. I'm ready to go until, until, until it's over, right. you know. And people, if you want to know UFO's experience with uh, David Wilcock, Corey Good, Emory Smith, Dr. Stephen Greer, Dr. Michael Saba, all those big names, and Richard Dolan even, and, you know, those – you're separating it by thoughts and people and individual authors. But what I want to do is bring an author's book club together with Ken and Janet, and we would appreciate it if you will write your – Everybody has their own life story. So if you will, let us know, are you more into alienology, ufology, 
our ufology because it, I remember when the ufology we were fighting over whether we were going to make that a word or not. I also remember when we were fighting were we going to be aliens or ETs, and we decided pretty much back in the day we would call aliens the bad guys and extraterrestrials the good guys. But after a while that didn't fly. But I do you want to mention start start Sky Dancer UFO Con. 37 days to the event. I just was notified today, January 19th. Put it on your calendars at the Holiday Inn, Houston Intercontinental Airport. That's 15222 John F. Kennedy Boulevard, Houston, Texas, 77032. Now, my contact is Daryl Sims with our Alien UFO Hunters, plural, just like the uh, television show. And so you guys know I'm into paranormal and supernatural. You know I'm a uh, you know, TV blogger for uh, television shows. I don't make a penny at this. As a matter of fact, it costs me money to do this. It costs me a lot of money. So people, we are going to be hopefully helping each other. And uh, now Tommy's got his own channel on here, so I have to thank him for the last six months as a space holder on the uh, Universal Life Ministries. We have people that do prefer to talk only spirituality, and through those uh, filters and those names, and that's fine. We have spiritual science. We have ascension. And ascension, when I got the download and got all of this, got me started, and I want to talk about that in the uh, Janet, the crop circle lady, she's been in touch with me and put us on UFO Secret Space. So next week, maybe I didn't see Chan, uh, Chan come on unless uh, she tried to get on Skype and couldn't. And uh, so did you see anything from her in your anything? No, All right, you've got the back All right. end. You're the only one who has the back end. I All right, well, sure. I didn't see anything. So, folks, we will return Ken, you want to be a co-host for this Thursday night with me and Janet? That means we'll be stuck. Mm -hmm. I'm available, so I guess I'm available. All right. Well, we'll, I'd like to start billing you and see if you can show up, because if nobody else will have the three of us as a panel discussion, which worked well tonight, but we may get into these topics, levels of life, timelines, and metaphysics, that's in, in UFO Secret Space Command to start. And then in here, we've got how we deal with ufology, alienology, avatars, new age, metaphysics, and ascension age. And new age is separate from ascension age. Ascension age officially began 12-21-12 and the Kali Yugas and the time on the earth. But we can talk about what the government believes, what we believe, and I didn't even get into the reality of my husband's story that I, Janet knows a little bit of it. Ken, I don't know. And I don't know that Ken knows all of it. So, or a little nope. piece, but Tom Marsh is okay. He was a CIA agent. I was married to, and he and I both worked for president Reagan. And I had to wait till, uh, till I, I felt comfortable because I know I knew of uh, president Bush and met him and the men in black came around me to make sure that they emptied the memorial park when he was going to run to meet me. And that's a whole, that's a whole show. So Janet, uh, if you can uh, stay in touch with me and, and, and uh, Ken and Ken, we can each talk about what we're going to start building up for these uh, 
shows, and then I want to have a conference down here, and I can invite up uh, Dolores and uh, Betty and Barney Hill's niece. Uh, tell me her name, Janet. I talked to her on the phone. Oh, uh, we've, had her, we've had her on. I know my mind's hung out with. Yeah, um, she hung with Stan with Friedman. The- Sanfried and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll think of it anyway. We're, so we're brain no, dead. We're brain dead. Yeah, we're brain dead. He's going to shoot me. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. And uh, apparently, you have agreed. Thank you so much, Ken. And Ken, we will, we will, we may just enjoy discussing more topics. And uh, Janet, okay. in the next went next one next Thursday, do you want to syndicate it, or you just want to? Control it and then uh, download it. You know how to download um, back on download your channel. I can download and upload it. I, yeah, I don't have to. Yeah, I, I'll just download and upload it. So, yeah, yeah we've we learned a lot, haven't we? I'll put it out there. We certainly All right. Have. Yeah, you, so. All right. You both learned. You both learned you've got to stay in direct contact with me or my, my pea brain kind of drops out and finds out, well, I'm supposed to be on the program. I uh, appreciate your, your patience. Well, All on right. Thursday, we'll just put it on Thursday. your calendar. Yeah, put it on your calendar. And so people, people, as far as I know, this time's going to work for the three of us. It worked out okay for you, Ken? Yeah, it'll be fine. Thursday's All right, yeah, Janet, you're good. okay. All right, yeah. well, let's see how long we can run it this time, Janet. We'll see because we've done this for years. So, folks, uh, we, we're open to suggestions. Please email me at tjmarsagency at gmail.com. Janet Carol Lesson, or Janet, where do you want yours? And then Ken, you know, where um, do you want your uh, email? Just uh, aquarianradio at gmail dot com. A Q U A R I A N radio at gmail. And I'm on the red. I'm gonna. My phone's gonna go bloop. And any second. All right. Well, I'll let Ken. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Ken Johnston is. Uh, yours is. Ast- uh, go ahead. Mars One astronaut, aren't you? That is correct. You have to spell out the, the number one. It's M-A-R-S-O-N-E. I've had people say, I've been sending you messages for two years, and you've never answered them. You stuck up. I said, how did you spell it? <laughs> O-N-E, astronaut at gmail.com. Mars1astronaut at uh, gmail.com. Okay. And I'm going to go back in and put your pictures now that you showed up. But, Ken, I would like a <laughs> press kit from you with your own per- – you know, just send it in an email with your latest bio – because you mentioned something, and I uh, need to make sure that we all have a, an updated bio on you and your new books. Go ahead and mention your book. It's over, but they didn't cut me off yet, so we've got a little time over. But what's the name of your books? Go ahead and mention them. Oh, he fell off, I guess. I guess he left. <laughs> okay. I'm still <laughs> here, cute. but I'm going to hang up because it's going to go. Okay. Thank, thank, right, you, thank you, Janet. Love and All right. Love- Aloha. Talk to you tomorrow.